Welcome to Educate Essentials. Educate Essentials is a podcast that provides essential information and tips about education, leadership, all about diverse learners. Diverse learners include students with disabilities under Section 504 and IDEA, response to intervention, and English speakers of other languages. I am your host, Dr. Nakia. Educate Essentials' mission is to bring positive awareness to promote equity and inclusion by sharing information and topics about non-traditional learners. All students matter and they're all gifts. Sometimes it takes a unique approach to unlock or reveal that gift. As a community, we have to reveal and unlock those gifts by acquiring knowledge. Edufaith Essentials goal is to restore faith in education one student at a time by empowering listeners with knowledge. Knowledge is power, so let's be powerful. So I'd like to start this segment off with a little Edufaith inspiration. If you're looking for a good TV series to binge watch this summer or just to binge watch at any time, I highly recommend this show called Born This Way. Born This Way is an American reality television series on a TV. It features the lives of seven adults with Down syndrome who reside in Southern California. It is inspirational and it sends a powerful message to society through the lens of an individual with a disability. Born This Way is now in its fourth season and it navigates the lives as the seven participants or seven stars, you know, work hard to achieve goals and overcome their life obstacles. The show has been a cultural phenomenon and has been nominated for several Emmy Awards. As we all know, inclusion is an important and hot topic in the news and on social media. The show and the cast are bringing that message that needs to be seen and told into millions of homes worldwide regarding the message of inclusion and accepting all persons despite of their differences. The show is, like I said, on a tv and check it out. It's called Born This Way. Now it's time for some essential news. I always want to keep my listeners abreast of the current events. So the topic for today is going to fall in line with the pandemic response and a reflection for students with disabilities. I want to address the letter that came out from the U.S. Department of Education. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona wrote a letter to educators and parents regarding new CDC recommendations and the recommendations impact on children with disabilities. The eight-page letter addresses the CDC's framework for identifying COVID-19 community levels and encourages schools to lead with equity and inclusion to ensure all students have access to in-person learning. This document is intended to help educators, staff, and families design experiences for all students, including students with disabilities. It reviews some important and key strategies for doing so and reiterates key rights afforded to students with disabilities to make sure that they can maintain equal access to in-person instruction and receive that free and appropriate public education in the least restrictive environment. The letter is consistent with the federal civil rights laws and it talks about how these laws that must be followed for students with disabilities and how this is consistent with federal rights laws and it must be done so so that students with disabilities do not face risks to their school-related health needs. I feel like this letter is very important. 
The letter is dated March 24, 2022, letter to educators and parents regarding new CDC recommendations and their impact on students with disabilities. Some highlights from the letter includes leveraging the IEP or Section 504 process to ensure students' protections are in place to protect in-person learning. That's addressed on pages three and four. Then the letter goes on to talk about the continuing use of layered prevention strategies to keep school communities safe. He goes into detail. He talks about masking, vaccinations, testing, ventilation, and then some common prevention strategies. Also included in the letter is a section that talks about ensuring students receive education and services in the least restrictive environment. And the IEP and Section 504 teams consider how decisions about services and delivery impact placement in the least restrictive environment. The letter closes out and students must learn best in person and all children with disabilities must continue to receive faith and must have the chance to meet challenging objectives. Students are better able to engage with rigorous instruction and access services and supports tailored to meet the needs when they are learning alongside their peers. To learn more, visit the disability rights section on ed.gov backslash coronavirus. So that is our essential news for today. So check that letter out. Like I said, it's available in English and in Spanish, and it provides a great resource for districts, parents, educators, and those who are working with our students with disabilities and diverse learners. So now we're going to shift to our essential knowledge and our topic for today, which is pandemic resilience and reflection. So throughout these webcasts, I always want to bring some inspiration. I always want to bring some updated news just to keep your breasts on news. There's a lot of news and information going out there. And then I want to talk about a topic for today. So the topic I want to talk about is special education students and special education as a whole and students with disabilities and the effects of the pandemic as we reflect on as we how we're going to move forward from this. So there's no, I mean, we already know that a lot of students were impacted by the pandemic. There were a lot of learning losses. However, let's focus on our students with disabilities. So I read two articles, one from the National Education Association and one came from Education Week. And the article stressed how students with disabilities and their parents face some unique challenges during the pandemic. A large population of students didn't have technology, internet access needed to participate or work from home. States and school districts also face those challenges of trying to provide that high quality instruction amidst the staffing challenges during the pandemic. And the staffing challenges were because a lot of teachers are leaving the field, also because a lot of teachers were getting sick during the pandemic and having to take care of their own families. So when we look at our students with disabilities, these are the ways that the pandemic impacted us. So school closures resulted in school students not having physical therapy or that cognitive or hands-on instruction. As you know, a lot of students with disabilities are kinesthetic learners and they need that actual tangible hands-on instruction. So a lot of that was lost during the pandemic because we were dependent totally on technology. Online learning platforms proved insufficient to ensure accessibility for a wide range of students. Like I say, you're low incident students, you're more autistic students, those students who meet those tangible outcomes and tangible kinesthetic experiences. That actually led to students with disabilities facing a steeper learning loss and reporting in high absenteeism, a study found during the pandemic. So when we look 
a little bit further and need a little bit dig a little bit further. Let's look at the facts. So schools with students of color in disadvantaged areas, such as high poverty areas, these areas were disproportionately impacted with learning losses. So two out of five schools had alternative options for students. Two out of five. So out of five schools, only two had alternative options for our students with disabilities. One out of five classroom teachers felt prepared, especially in the high incidence classrooms, and they felt like they had no um, opportunities for collaboration. So they were on an island by themselves trying to work with the low incident students and trying to figure out things in the pandemic as a silo. So one out of five teachers actually felt that. And special education teachers, because they have such close relationships with their students, they were solely tasked with communicating the issues and the happenings of what was going on with the pandemic. But along with this, they, a lot of them didn't know what was going on because everything was day-to-day shifting. But they were those main communicators with those families, which kind of left them out there. Another study revealed that 12% of school reopenings surveyed when they planned to reintegrate, they didn't even mention students with disabilities, which kind of makes sense for Miguel Cardona to actually provide that letter of those equitable outcomes and how to make sure that we're looking out for our students with disabilities. So it all makes a connection to the letter from the, um, the U.S. Department of Education and inclusion, because only 12 percent of students had 12 percent of schools had students with disabilities actually on their radar when they were looking at reopening. So when we look at some other facts, 50% of plans call for in-person learning for students with disabilities. However, only 33% had those interventions and increased supports to target and address that pandemic, those pandemic-related learning losses. So 52% had the in-person learning ready, but only 33% said, hey, this is how we're going to address the pandemic learning losses of the students that were absent or the students who weren't able to access that technology at home. So the big picture and why we're here today and why I'm talking about this is as we move forward through the pandemic, we've learned some lessons and we also learned some lessons that all students were impacted, but particularly our vulnerable populations of our students with disabilities. So going forward, special education services, they must be a priority going forward as we integrate into the new school year. So the study recommends, and I actually agree with this study, recommend training and collaboration goes on between gen ed and special ed teachers. And then we need to provide some additional trainings. Districts need to provide that additional training for special education teachers in particular to help with those learning losses and the interventions and beef up what we can do to help support our special education teachers as we go back into the new phase of our lives. Now, I do want to say this. Staff, students, districts, leaders, communities have wonderful, strong partnerships And because of that, there were successes. So all wasn't a loss. I personally experienced a lot of great community hands-on experiences and a lot of teachers and families coming together to make the best out of the situation. However, I do want to recognize that. However, we still have some work to do going forward. And that's all I'm talking about is just awareness and how we're going to strengthen our special education departments and those experiences for our diverse learners going forward. So my recommendation and the article recommendation says we need to face the issues and we need to plan and prioritize to address those learning losses. So 
This is where we get into our reflection and our resilience. So when we think about resilience, resilience is actually defined as the ability to overcome challenges of all kinds of trauma, tragedy, personal crisis, and plain old life problems and bounce back stronger, wiser, and more personally powerful. So how are we, now that we've seen the facts and we know how the pandemic has affected us, how are we going to be, how are we as a community, as a parent, as a leader, as an educator, how are we going to bounce back stronger, wiser, and more personally powerful? Well, I have some tips for you. We all know that the lack of readiness wasn't good, but what you do is once you learn, you do better. So there is a lot of burnout and a lot of teachers are leaving the field. And that's the result of the pandemic as well. So we have to take in all these factors. So now that we've a lack of readiness we and preparedness for the pandemic and the effects of the pandemic have affected our students. Now that we are facing these staff shortages, what can we do going forward? Well, of course, we want to hire staff, new staff, new teachers. We want to make sure they're adequately trained. And then I just have some essential tips from Dr. Nakia. So my essential tips once we get our staff rehired, we make sure we have that training. We make sure we have that teacher collaboration. I say we need to focus on students first, always students first. Um, I read an article recently and it talked about how the pandemic talked about teachers and the great resignation to education and, you know, schools and districts. But a lot of things, a lot of things that happened in the pandemic really didn't highlight how it truly impacted students. So students now have a lot of mental health things going on. A lot of students weren't safe when they were home during the pandemic. A lot of students didn't have a lot of meals. So there's just a lot of external factors that affected students during the pandemic. And these students actually lived through a world-changing pandemic. So as we reintegrate, we want to always focus on students first. Then as leaders and educators, we want to focus on our academic assessment and planning. So what do I mean? Well, let's look at some universal screeners. Let's see what the losses are and let's make a plan to focus on grade level standards, but then make sure that we carve out some time for intervention time to help recoup because we can never go back and make any changes, but we can start and consider what we can do going forward in the future to help with those education gaps and learning losses. And then, like I said, take some time, assess, step back slowly, make a plan, and then let's go slow. Let's be intentional. Let's have these conversations. Leaders, let's support our teachers. Teachers, let's support our students. Students and community all working together. Let's move forward with a plan on how we're going to move forward to address these learning losses and make sure that our students with disabilities stay on the forefront going forward. As I mentioned before, we have to acknowledge that social emotional for everyone. Mental health is important and it's important for educators. It's important for students. It's important for parents. It's important for school leaders. So social, emotional, learning, mental health, and all those supports need to be in place. And we need to talk about it. We can't sweep things under the rug. It matters. So like I said, we have to address it because it's going to manifest. As it manifests and as students are coming back in the building, we want to start the new year, making sure we reteach procedures, 
routines, you know, taking that time to rebuild those bridges that were lost during time. Like I said, we can never go back, but we can always look at how we're going to go forward. So that means we need to do some grouping, some intervention periods and teach procedures just like it's the first day of school when we start school and then continuously keep those procedures because the consistent procedures will manifest throughout your classroom. You know, we want to monitor behaviors, observe behaviors and make sure that we have all the supports and intervention teams as needed. Also, for my diverse babies, my students with disabilities, I want to make sure that, you know, as we plan and move forward, I talked about the universal screeners, but then let's look at what's individualized for our students. For instance, we may need to look at some IEP goals and update some IEP goals and some data, and we may also need to go in and look at some Section 504 plans and determine if we need to update some accommodations. And if students even have intervention plans, looking at those goals from intervention plans and making some tweaks to actually provide accurate information so we can get that teaching, reteaching into action. I always say this, practice some patience and grace. This has been rough for everyone. So as we go through, have patience with yourself, have patience with others and have grace. So we cannot correct the damage and deficits, but one thing we can do is take it one step at a time, stay the course and do what we can. That is patience. Grace, we're going to allow certain grace with certain situations, not all situations. So that means our leaders have to have some grace with our teachers. Our teachers have to have some grace with our students as we rebuild those gaps. It's going to be a team effort and working together. But if you're working together consciously for one common goal, I think that will really, really, you know, be beneficial as we move into post-pandemic learning. So at this time, I've been talking about resiliency and how resiliency actually helps you bounce back. So what I want to do is I want to read a little chapter from my book. I have some books out and one of my books is titled Essential Tips for Special Education Leaders. And this book is on Amazon. And here's the little cover of it. You can get it on Amazon. But in chapter six, I talked about leadership and how leaders have to often go with the flow. So I'm going to read you a little excerpt from my book. And I hope you enjoy it and maybe pick up a copy. I've been an educator for over 20 years. And one thing I can honestly attest to is the lack of dull moments. We all have stories and experiences that we cannot make up in education. Working with humans, especially children, can bring unpredictable surprises. Human behavior is one of those strange things studied for years. And there are many theories, but no real answers to why we as humans do the things that we do. With that said, I would give you four suggestions based on what I've learned through my leadership experiences. Embrace changes, expect surprises, go with the flow, and don't stress the small things. So I'm going to skip through a couple of things because in the book, I then go into talking about a situation when I was a school leader for a day when I was a teacher and how I thought things were going to go one way and they went totally left. And what I did was I actually didn't sweat the small stuff. I was resilient and I bounced back. So let me read you a little something about resiliency. Resiliency, purpose, and perseverance will take you farther in leadership. I would say in leadership, as a teacher, as a person. It would also be a better use of your time. Focus on the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish than the particulars. 
Often you will be faced with difficult situations and we must make informed, decisive decisions and move forward. With that said, you don't have time to sweat the small things or get bogged down with setbacks. You must be flexible and bounce back. Resilient leaders, and I'm just going to add resilient individuals, bounce back and they spring forward. With speed and grace, resilient leaders take action to respond to the new and ever-changing realities, even as they maintain the essential operations of the organizations they lead. The author, Richard Carlson, was onto something when he wrote, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. His message was not to let the intricacies of life get in the way of the big picture, but to simplify life, life, stress less, and be intentional. So that's just a little excerpt on my book. And I just thought that it fell in line with what we're talking about today of moving forward, bouncing back, and being resilient. You've got mail. At this time, we're going to talk about essential advice. So I love, love, love to help and support others. That is my mission. And that's why I'm here. That's why I write books. And that's why I'm doing this webcast podcast is to help others, help support others and make sure that students with disabilities and diverse learners have those persons in place who are advocating for them actively and want the best for them. And that's what I want. I'm a 26 year educator. So if you have any advice, you want to ask me about a situation, you can always email me at edufaithforall at gmail.com. That is E-D-U-F-A-I-T-H number four, all at gmail.com. I may read your letter and provide some essential advice based on my experiences. Like I said, it's advice. So I just wanted to close off with that information. So our words of wisdom and quotes, because I always, as we close out, I want to always leave you guys with some words of wisdom or a quote for today. So resilience. Huh. Resilience is accepting your new reality, even if it's less good than the one you had before. You can fight it. You can do nothing but scream about what you've lost, or you can accept that and try to put together something that's good. And that is from Elizabeth Edwards. I found that quote and I thought it was a great lead in for us. So with that said, I'm going to close out. Thank you for joining me. If you are in need of any services or assistance with any college and career readiness programs, diverse learners, professional development, one-on-one coaching and education, any diverse learner topics, program development, parenting classes, reach out to me at Educate Consultant. I'm here for you. I encourage everyone who's listening and following to get essential. To my believers, be blessed. And to everyone else, be kind, be well, and be the change. Once again, I'm Dr. Nakia, and thank you for listening and watching Educate Essentials. Follow me on YouTube, and I have a site, www.educatefaithconsulting.com. And if you're a visual learner and you want to see the webcast of this exact same information, follow my YouTube page titled Educate Essentials. Thank you for all, and you guys have a wonderful day.